This is ESPN Radio. Talking about it all morning long. If you miss anything, you can always check out the podcast on the ESPN app. But me and Ian and Ian Fitzsimmons, Amber Wilson here with you. We've been talking about conference realignment all morning long because, as Ian pointed out, it affects quite literally every fan and every program across the entire country. So if you are a college sports fan, you care very much about this subject. Let's bring in some help with the conversation surrounding conference realignment. Reese Davis, host of College Game Day, joins us here on ESPN Radio, and you can watch us on ESPNU. Thanks, Reese, so much for your time. What does Colorado and now Arizona, we now know that it looks like Arizona as well, is following in step. They are leaving the Pac-12. What does this mean about the future of the Pac-12? Is there any chance, Reese, that it survives? I think it certainly lessens it. And if it does survive, it's not going to be the, you know, it's not going to be on the same par with the other so-called power conferences as it has been. Now, I know some might take exception to that description and say they really haven't been on par, at least from a football standpoint, uh, for the most part, the last few years anyway. But, you know, we've had this designation, whether it be official or unofficial, of the Power Five or the Autonomous Five, they're not going to be able to be in that category anymore. And I think it also makes it uh, more difficult for Oregon and Washington to to stay in the Pac-12. I, I don't enjoy saying that, but if Arizona and perhaps subsequently some of the other so-called four-corner schools, um, you know, join Colorado, and if Arizona does indeed uh, go along with them to the Pac-12, then it, it really makes it a difficult situation, I think, for, um, you know, for the conference to stay together, at least at the level at which it's been historically. I'm in step with you. In the moment, I hate it because I'm like you. I'm, I'm a college football traditionalist. You know, I mean, I, I like John L. John Elway in Stanford in the Pac-12 and going back to that those that film or Mr. Inside, Mr. Outside at Army. I mean, those are those are phenomenal historic traditions, but those are gone now. So in the moment, it stings. Once all the dust settles, how soon will we get used to? whatever this new landscape is going to be for college football, as we've gotten used to Texas A&M being in the SEC, Penn State no longer being an independent, they've been in the Big Ten for two decades, we're used to it. How long will it take for us to get used to this? Not very long, Ian. I mean, that's, that's an astute point. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of hand-wringing over it now. I don't know that it's good for the enterprise, just to be candid with you. But whether it's good or bad for the enterprise as a whole, We'll get used to it. We'll become accustomed to it. I, big picture, Ian, long term, what I think happens is that some of the Olympic sports and other ones are not affiliated with the same conference that the football and probably men's basketball, but certainly, and maybe women's basketball too, I don't know, but certainly not football. I, I believe that long term, whether that's at the end of the next playoff contract or even sooner than that, that football functions as its own entity with its own alliances within uh, that's it. I probably shouldn't have chosen that word given the way that that silly thing came apart, but um, the its own conferences that are not necessarily bringing in the others. Now there are, you know, there is other media inventory that would go along with that that complicates it to some degree, 
But the I guess the Cliff Notes version is that I, I see a day in the not too terribly distant future in which football functions as its own entity. The College Football Alliance. We hardly knew you. Reese Davis, host of College Game Day and host of the College Game Day podcast, joining Amber Wilson and Ian Fitzsimmons here on ESPN Radio. This is about football, right, Reese? I mean, there are basketball implications, obviously, with Arizona joining the Big 12. But this conference realignment conversation, it comes down to football, right? That's where, yes, because that's where the money is, the primary money as we know from basketball you know comes from the ncaa tournament but this you know the conferences are able to uh, and there's basketball inventory there but the conferences media rights deals are largely driven by football uh, football drives the boat on all of this so you know how how they untangle over the course of the next several years if in fact that's what happens i mean that's that'll be a difficult and complex negotiation but i think they're there does come a point when it doesn't really, you know, and this is an example that's been used a hundred times, but it doesn't really make a lot of sense for USC to go and play a three-game baseball series at Rutgers when they when they would be better off and, and you know, play in UC Santa Barbara or something or, you know, whatever the example might be. And that would extend, you know, across any number of sports. So, you know, in the short term, uh, you know, as, as Ian pointed out, we'll get used to it. But I think in the long term, as you start to um, start to deal with the professionalization, the further professionalization of college football, then I, I think that's when when some of this happens. And you know, I, every a lot of people have pointed out too that everybody has tried to get Congress to get involved with NIL and transfer portal. Where there, there are a lot of there are a lot of universities that are creating their own transfer portal and moving from one conference to the other, and there doesn't seem to be any uh, hand-wringing over that, at least uh, internally, other than they don't like the perception of looking bad to be the ones that are breaking up the conference. That's a great point. <laughs> the, the big, that's the big transfer portal, right, where we're moving entire institutions from one place <laughs> to another. As far and as I, I want to be clear. I want to be clear about something, Ian, quickly, too. I don't – I don't really begrudge them because when you – the reason – you're right. I'm a traditionalist. I wish it were old school and kind of stayed that way and, you know, for the uh, love of the history of the sport. But this is, a, this is a business enterprise, and it has been for a long time. And if they think – if an institution thinks it needs to do something to better itself, well, go ahead. I mean, this is big business. It's, it's – um, it's professional. The players deserve to make money out of this, and they are. And it's, uh, you know, in the old days, players have always made money. Players made money back in the early 1900s when football was just starting. It was just, it was just more people either wanting their team to win or wanting to brag at the country club of, yeah, I made sure that Ian Fitzsimmons, you know, uh, went to Alabama and got paid. That's why he's starring on Saturdays for us. Where was that guy? Paid. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's, uh, you know, that's what people wanted back then. But now it's, uh, you know, it's a more open enterprise and it's a business. And if they need to do something to um, enhance their standing, then go ahead. You mean, Ian, you weren't getting paid for the six years or eight years that you spent there getting that undergraduate degree? <laughs> six and a half, six oh, and a half. Sorry. Hey, being a bartender and a bookie is a bad combo to get out and pour, I promise you. <laughs> Reese Davis here with us on ESPN Radio 
Artie, how would you? Ian's problem was he kept taking all of the over bets on the Iowa Iowa State game. And that that <laughs> oh, made yes. him stay a under. lot longer. That's going under, under every hits, time, RD. That was a beating, and Sean Alexander going for like two ninety against LSU. But I neither here nor there. Can't, can't that, that, I still have nightmares about that particular game. How would you describe RD the state of college athletics right now with everything going on in realignment, the portal, and NIL with no guardrails? That's a great question. I'm going to say not as shaky as you think. I mean, I think people believe that it's teetering on the brink of collapse, but let's take a half step back here. And, and one thing that I think several have, have said, and rightly so, that for this to be a national enterprise, you need a viable presence on the West Coast. Okay. The most viable presence on the West Coast historically has always been USC. USC is still going to be viable in the, in the Big Ten. People are going to care very much when USC plays Michigan and Ohio State and you're still going to play Notre Dame. UCLA certainly has a lot of brand name. Now, if you, if you also put Oregon and Washington into that mix, then there's still going to be a viable West Coast presence. But some of the ones who traditionally haven't commanded as much attention nationally are going to be uh, you know, further down the attention scale, I guess. The amusing thing about it is that, you know, if you expand too much, uh, too much further into the West, and you just wind up with uh, almost a good portion of the old Pac-8 before it became Pac-10 and Pac-12, and you'll have four of them. If you know, if indeed over the next few years, or a few months, or a few seconds, you know, Oregon and Washington join the parade, and if the Pac-12 can't find a way to cobble itself together and survive. Geography looking quite different these days in the world of college sports. And by the second, the, uh, the geography keeps changing. Reese Davis joining us here. Amber Wilson, Ian Fitzsimmons with you as well. Reese, uh, finally here, we haven't mentioned the ACC's situation specifically. A little bit different because they're locked into that television rights deal with us here at ESPN. Until 2036, FSU is not happy. They have been very vocal of that this week. Uh, what do you make of that situation in the ACC? Amber, it's, it's interesting. I, I mean, sort of reiterating what I said earlier, if you want to move into business enterprise, go ahead. But contracts are also something, too. And they have the grant of rights with the ACC, as you rightly pointed out, that keeps them there until 2036. My perception of it is if Florida State had some place to go for sure and it was a financially viable option and they had it all locked in, they'd be being a whole lot quieter right now. And, you know, maybe they're letting people know that, that they are open for business, but everybody knows that anyway. So I, I've been a little perplexed about why they've been so vocal about it, unless they feel like bringing attention to this can force the ACC um, either to, you know, finding some type of escape hatch or more likely they can force the, SEC, uh, the ACC, pardon me, into redistributing the revenue in a play in a way that's more liking to Florida state and some of the other people in that conference who are less than pleased, who aren't being quite so vocal about it. RD last one as we turn you loose. We greatly appreciate your time here on ESPN radio, ESPNU actual ball. We know you've been doing your homework. We know you've been talking to coaches. Give us a college football playoff sleeper that not a lot of people are talking about right now. Ooh, that's a, that's, that's a good one because I don't know that I have one, although I do. I don't think this would qualify as a sleeper, Ian, but I'm, I'm going to pick Florida State to win the ACC and go to the playoff. I, 
you know, they're going to be preseason, you know, top five, six, seven anyway. So I don't know that that's a sleeper. But, um, you know, I think Florida State is a team that's not a traditional one that hasn't made the playoffs since the first year of it. That would that would be one. On the outside, I mean, you know, Texas maybe. You know, if Texas could win in Tuscaloosa, again, you know, those are two big brand names that identify the sleeper. I, at this point, having not watched anybody play yet, I don't know that I see the TCU just from, from right. gut feel. Um, you know, so those, but those are a couple of teams that either haven't made it in a long time or haven't made it at all um, that would, that would have, an, have an opportunity, I think. I was guessing that Florida State being so loud and so vocal right now about Conference Real, I might, might have something, Reese, to do with the fact that they've got some lofty expectations this season as it feels like Norvell has that program headed in the right direction. Reese Davis, during the season, you can find him, of course, on College Game Day, also on the College Game Day podcast. Thanks, Reese. Thank you, guys. TRD. Reese Davis, College Game Day host, is brought to you by Home Depot. Bear is awesome. Let me tell you why. This Saturday, let the Home Depot help you get projects done right with Bear Premium Plus Interior Paint. Coming up next year on ESPN Radio and on ESPNU, our two-a-days continues with the Seattle Seahawks. Is Geno Smith the best quarterback in the NFC West? This is ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. That Seattle Seahawks offense looked a lot better than most people expected last season, thanks in large part to Geno Smith. That Seattle Seahawks defense did not, Ian Fitzsimmons, and that's why you hear I'm there I'm coming in. I'm trying it's, to recover from my man Alan Yates in the break. Sorry, oh, you I can't. You have to. No, you I have to focus. have very short memories yeah. when it comes to Alan Yates. Got to look eye. Always look eye. Yeah, like you're not used to doing this morning show, but there's an art to this morning show. And the art to the morning show is recovering. Two years at night with Freddie and Fitzsimmons with Alan. Yeah, so it's been a while. I'm back. I'm focused now. I'm here. It's Nuno. It's Pat. It's all those guys back there. The minions. They throw grenades at you during the break, and then you have to recover and be professional when you go on air. That's all I'm saying. It's It's never your fault, fault, Alan. I'm just walking around sometimes. You know, things get hurled at me, and I'm just like, well, that happened. And then, and then you hurl them our way. No, no, that's no, how it I works. Gotta get Stop. Away. We're it's moving not, on. Learn how to open a door, Alan. So that's Seattle. All, I say. all right, here we go. Come so on. anyway, Transit. Seattle Seahawks. As I was saying, that offense was good last season, much better than most people ex- expected. That defense was not to me the defense, the key here this season. 
But you look at this team right now, and offensively, it, it all starts with a quarterback. Everything starts with a quarterback. And Geno Smith last year was arguably one of the best stories, not just in football, but kind of like Brock Purdy. You know, I mean, it was like, where did this guy come from? How is he doing this? And it was remarkable. I'll never forget going back to the draft, Amber, where Mike Tannenbaum is talking about how he's talked to everybody in that organization that he knows so well, and they really aren't looking at quarterback. They believe they have their quarterback on their roster. And I'm going, huh? What? You're not looking at a quarterback in the fourth round or the sixth round or trying to find a gem like the Niners did with Mr. Irrelevant? No, and they were right. It was Geno Smith. And now you look at the weapons that they have around him. I think Jackson Smith and Jigba out of Ohio State may be one of the best steals of the draft, even though he went that high. I mean, people had him as a top 10 talent. And, you know, we, I remember at the draft, we asked C.J. Stroud about his hamstring injury, and he, C.J. went off. He goes, don't you hold that against him. Because that, that happens to any athlete. So when you look at what they have, especially a running back with – Kenneth Walker III and drafting Zach Charbonnet out of UCLA. They've got depth at running back. They have remarkable depth at wide receiver. They have a good tight end in Noah Fant. They went, you know, with a, a high pick in Charles Cross at left tackle out of Mississippi State last year or two years ago. It is – it's when you look at Seattle, nobody's really talking about this team. But, man, they could be sneaky good, Amber. They could be very good. I agree with you. They could be. And part of that belief for me comes because – it felt like they found their guy in Geno Smith. I yeah. mean, it's, it's a, we've never seen anything like it. I mean, we've seen it with guys not work out, and then they work out somewhere else. We haven't seen it look like that after like a decade like, in the National back, Football League, yeah, right? You, to your point, you can go back to, I mean, Jim Plunkett from New England to Oakland, and they found it. Right? I mean, you know, he, he just needed a new environment. And next thing you know, it's Lombardi's, you know, mm-hmm. with Jim Plunkett quarterbacking the Oakland Raiders. But that's a long time ago. Find me a team that has had a guy who was done, flamed out. I mean, he is now going to be and with, a, in, with a uh, large sample size. By the yeah, way, a, a very backup. large, yes, a very large sample size. We'd seen everything we thought we could have seen from Geno Smith. And now you look at the NFL Network's top 100, where they poll players and they rank their the, the players vote on the top 100 in the league. Geno Smith's like in the 50s. So bizarre. I mean, it's bizarre. <laughs> it's, I, it's, none of us could have predicted. It's that. a great story, except so, for except for maybe Pete Carroll. Maybe he maybe he and knew John something. John Schneider, the GM. Yeah. Yes, there you go. Uh, and doing a heck of a job there with that find. And and you mentioned the other moves as well. And I agree with you. I think offensively, when we're talking about Gina Smith and we're talking about Kenneth Walker and we're talking about DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, and now they have the Rook coming in from Ohio State to replace Marquise Goodwin, and they've got the weapons. And by the way also upgraded that line. They've got the protection. Geno Smith has the opportunity. Is it possible he regresses? Like maybe last season was a flash in the pan. It's possible it should not happen because what Seattle did here was commit more to their offense. Instead of just being satisfied with the top 10 offense that they had last season in the NFL, they thought, let's put more into this to ensure that this guy who was a journeyman in the NFL doesn't regress offensively, I don't have any concerns about this team. It's that defense, and you heard it there coming in. I mean, there's so many young pieces. This defense, I don't have the statistics in front of me. It's got to be one of the youngest in the entire NFL. There's been a lot of changes here to that defense, and defensively, I could see them having a problem in Seattle. Now, what does that mean for the NFC picture? They have a real opportunity here, of course, to compete, but 
if they can't stop teams from scoring points because that defense is too young and just too inexperienced, it's going to be a problem. They used, I think they have seven players right now who should make the final roster who are entering their fourth season or younger on their active roster here. This is a very, very young defense. They added five draft picks on the defensive side of the ball coming out of this last draft. They needed to, though. Yes, they needed to. So Pete Carroll, they committed their Snyder. They committed to building both the offense more and the defense. The problem was the starting point for the offense and the starting point for building the defense, two different starting points, because that defense was disappointing last season under Pete Carroll. Yeah, but you do have a good mix now, I think, of some veterans like Jordan Brooks for first-round pick out of Texas Tech, who's a, is just a boy dog warrior at linebacker. Recovering from injury, but yep. apparently ahead of schedule. No doubt. Bobby Wagner returns, mm-hmm. obviously veteran leadership. And then you have a good mix of vets on the back end and a former Pro Bowl safety in Quandre Diggs, who I think is an underrated player in the NFL, to go and help a young corner and one of the best in the draft out of Illinois in Devin Witherspoon. I think he is going to be an absolute lockdown star corner for Seattle. So they are young, but also you have a good mix of vets there to help these guys get acclimated in a hurry to the speed of the National Football League. They don't have the best schedule in the NFL. It shouldn't be the easiest schedule in the NFL. They obviously are dealing with the 49ers in their division, but the 49ers have questions, right? Like, they have questions at that quarterback position anyways, even though you and I are pretty high on what Brock Purdy did last season. You're talking a seven-game sample size, and it's Mr. Irrelevant at the helm, and he's coming off of the URL injury or whatever that thing's called in your elbow that's normally a pitcher's injury. Like, there's questions, right? It's fair to say. Even though when teams got a book on him. Right. He still, I mean, when they saw a tendency, he made adjustments. Kyle Shanahan made adjustments. Mm -hmm. I think San Fran is right there with the Eagles as the two top teams in the NFC, and I think they win the NFC West. I, I don't discount that take frankly I, I I'm not going to blow holes through it but I do think that it's the NFC generally like somebody has to win it but even the Eagles their schedule so much harder than it was last season they benefited from having the easiest schedule in the entire NFL last season in terms of win win percentage so there are question marks all over this conference and the Seattle Seahawks have a real opportunity here behind Geno Smith of all people to capitalize on some of those shortcomings around that conference all right Ian Lock it in. Who wins the NFC yeah, West? Then? That uh, is brought yeah. to you by Gorilla. For the toughest jobs on planet Earth, you're saying it is the 49ers. Absolutely. Greenlaw and the boys in that in. defense. Yep. Uh, San Fran. Put them Coming down up the NFC next. West. It's been an inter- I'll also go San Fran, by the way. Coming up next. It's been an interesting week in the NFL, including a coach being asked how many five-year-olds it would take to tackle his star running back. We'll get what? into that. ESPN Radio is also on the ESPN app. This is ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Well, we did get a game last night in the NFL. I don't know, big game uh, is what we would call it. But we did get the Hall of Fame game last night between the Jets and the Browns. The Browns winning that one. But we do have plenty to talk about all around the NFL because we've got a lot of sound coming out of training camps everywhere. Hello, Nuno. What is going on, guys? Um... Let's start in Green Bay with Jordan Love. And Jordan has a lot big shoes to fill, and he was talking about the struggles that they've been having so far in training camp. Practicing the situations, go win a game, you know, whether it's in the game, in the half. Um, you know, we're practicing that situation for a reason. That's when we need it. We need to go down, drive down, and win that game. So it's frustrating that, you know, we haven't been able to, you know, even get a drive started, let alone, you know, move the ball downfield to score. All right, Ian, I'll start with you. At what point in the season will the Packers realize that Jordan Love might not be the guy for them? <laughs> they won't. I'm a Jordan Love guy. I, you know, I, I know I'm going back to his days at Utah State. I, I think that he's going to be a very good NFL quarterback. They've got, what, eight first-round draft picks or first- or second-round draft picks on the defensive side of the ball. They've added a few weapons on the offense, and I like what he's saying right now. He's just being brutally honest. We haven't found a rhythm yet. But you have over a month to find that rhythm. I think the Green Bay Packers and Jordan Love are going to be just fine. And I wouldn't be surprised come early December if they're right there in the mix for that division title. Everyone's crowning Detroit. I think Green Bay's got a shot. This is me and Ian's first time working together. And what I'm learning here about Ian Fitzsimmons is because of all the college football work he does, he has relationships with all of these guys stemming back to their college days. I don't know Jordan days. Love. I know his and, college coach, Matt Wells, very well. But I don't, no, I don't know, but you Jay, watched I don't know him. Jay Love. Yeah, well, no, but you watched him, and you watched yeah. him closely. And because of that, you believe in him, right? Like, you believe in all of these guys that end up making the NFL because of how good they were in college. I, I don't have that same sort of affection for Jordan Love. I just don't know. And... If I was a betting woman, I would just bet against it working out simply because how could lightning strike a third time for that franchise? But that's not a knock on Jordan Love or any sort of expert analysis on Jordan Love. I don't care whether they have found offensive rhythm at this point in training camp. I think Jordan Love was speaking there like a dude who's been around the league quite literally for years and he was being transparent and he probably isn't overwhelmed by that. The fact that they're still working on their rhythm at this point in training camp. That's exactly when you should be working on your offensive rhythm is at this point in training camp. So I have no reason to believe that it's going to work out for Jordan Love, but I have no reason, frankly, to believe it's not going to work out for Jordan Love. It just seems unrealistic that Jordan Love is also going to be Aaron Rodgers or Brett Favre, because how could that oh, fan base get now. that hold lucky on, again? I'm not saying that now. Hold well, on. That's just <laughs> I said very good. <laughs> yes. Well, and maybe he will be. Uh, but either way... They won't realize it this season. I think that he would get the entirety of this season. I don't think there's a point in this season that they're going to punt on the Jordan Love experience. Frankly, I I think he probably gets this season and next season. But there is a reason that they only gave him that relatively economical contract that they gave him that was a very short contract extension instead of picking up his fifth-year option. It's because it is TBD when it comes to Jordan Love. Nuno? All right, Amber, let's go to a quarterback that you've 
actually do care about. Tua was talking yes. earlier this week about how he's preparing for the season, and a lot has been made of right about the jujutsu and all that good stuff. So here's Tua on the what? Pre- the what, Nuno? The what? Here's Tua. <laughs> he tried to get past that joint. <laughs> <Quick, laughs> you don't focus on what. Hold on a minute. Let's run that back again. Jiu-jitsu. You're not getting out that easy. Yeah, well, you know, yeah. Come on. I said jujutsu. Did you? Okay. I, I did. There you go. Nailed it. Here's Tua. <laughs> A lot more reps with the heavier weights, things like that. But everything that I did this offseason entailed to what would keep me on the field for the entirety of a season. We understand that, you know, freaky things can happen. You know, it's football. It's a physical sport. Not everything that you prepare for is what you're going to get. So I did the best that I could that, um, you know, to get myself ready and prep for this season as far as injuries go. All right, Tua. <laughs> All right. So, You're really crushing the segment, you know. You're doing great, but comedic genius. Hey, you were talking about Portuguese moonshine during the break. No, Did you no, have a I sip? Uh, All right, Amber. Do you want to see and should Tua play this preseason? Uh, no, I, I don't know. I mean, in like a very, very limited capacity, but I don't need to see anything from Tua. I, I saw everything that I needed to see from Tua in the first half of last season. And that was under a brand new head coach at a new OC there in Miami. And because of that, I'm already convinced that Tua is going to be great running Mike McDaniel's offense. And frankly, even more convinced that it would look better now that he's gotten to settle in for it, for into it for a year. What I'm not convinced of is Tua's durability. And because of that, I ain't taking no chances with Tua, okay? I don't care if Tua, I don't care about the 20 pounds. Like, Tua, you look great, buddy. Thank you for beefing up, okay? And I'm glad that you've learned to fall and, and taken jiu-jitsu and everything that you've done this offseason. The tats, I like the tats. They're intimidating to the opposing D-line. Nevertheless, art, art, let's stay safely on the sidelines <laughs> until we actually need to be out there. I love you. It's the third time you brought up his art. On his arm, like yeah, he's he's, he's a smaller, he's a smaller quarterback, and so he needs to do something to look more, you know, like a more of a force out there. He did that to look more opposing. That's the biggest part for me. A couple series in the preseason, uh, that's it. That's all he really needs. And any quarterback at that level who's been in the league as long as he has, that's all they really need in the preseason in this day and age. Uh, And I love the fact that he put on about ten to fifteen pounds of lean muscle and got and got bigger. Uh, he's, he's more athletic. He's more flexible. So I think you're going to see probably, if he can stay healthy, obviously that, that's the big caveat, the best version of Tua that we've seen since Alabama. Also, he looks better with the tats then, you know, because you got to be jacked to really pull off a sleeve. There's your PSA, America. Go ahead, Nuno. All right, let's go to some fun sound. Mike Brable was talking or was asked about how many five-year-olds would it take to tackle Derrick Henry? And here's his answer. I don't even know if they could. How many kids would die in the process, I would imagine. I don't know. Do I need to give you a number? Like a le- legitimate number? 35. You want to try it? Test it out? Yeah. Can we try it? Sure. As long as you're one of the five-year-olds. <laughs> All right, Ian. So how many five-year-olds would it take to tackle Derrick Henry? Uh, 35. Come on, Braves. We've known you going back to you know, tw- 2001. 20-plus years, you sandbagged. I'd say 135, and they're still not bringing them down. And you, yeah, and there's going to be some injuries. There's no doubt about it. Don't try it. Don't try it at home. Don't try it on the field. But I do love the fact, Amber, how he went after whomever the reporter was. I know Albert Breer was there. I'm hoping Breer was the one that posed the question um, just because, you know, he's, he's one of our guys. But, you know, I love how he came back on as long as you're one of them. 
that's <laughs> that's phenomenal. Well, the whole talking about five-year-olds dying at the beginning of that clip, a little cringy. Uh, so I'm glad that, yes, he said as long as you're one of them. That was funny. This uh, Derek Henry is, according to the internet, 247 pounds at six foot three. So five-year-olds, roughly what, like 40 pounds? You'd need like six or seven of them just to like match his, his weight alone. And then I think you need to quintuple that on top of that. But I will say this, as the mother of a near four-and-a-half-year-old, if my son was out there with Derrick Henry and just did something sneaky, like just got a foot, like a foot in there. Like I feel like him and like three other kids, like they did something snooper sneaky and then wailed on top of it. Cause the key, the kryptonite is the screaming. I mean the screaming and the crying, you know, this Ian, you have children. It could bring down a grown man. So maybe Derrick Henry yep. would just fall all over himself. Maybe he would trip just because of the sheer noise of it all. I think that would be the best strategy for the five-year-olds. Increase the snot factor, maybe a little yes. vomit, a little throw up. Coughing right? and yeah, sneezing yeah. in the face of Derrick Henry. You if you, but you'd have to stand on top of each other to get there. But if you could get there, then that would be the way to do it. You know. All right, so last one. Jerry Jones was talking about why it seems Californians are so happy. You know, you look around and you say, no wonder California folks are as laid back as they are. They smile as much as they do. Now, it may be something that's in the air, too. The weed out here is kind of <laughs> going on. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even going to ask you a question. What? I just wanted to get that sound in. <laughs> right, about the jujutsu and all that good stuff. Flawless, Nuno, as always. Coming up next go, here man. on ESPNU and ESPN Radio. Would you show up to work on Monday if you won $1.25 billion? We'll get into that. This is ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We're about to talk about what would you do if you won $1.25 billion. So I hope being a billionaire is how we do it here. Ian Fitzsimmons, Amber Wilson, we've been hanging out with you. If you missed anything, you can always check out the podcast on the ESPN app. ESPN Radio presented to you by Progressive Insurance. So nobody won the Powerball on Tuesday. That means now, or not the Powerball, rather the Mega Millions. The Powerball was so a week ago. Uh, The Mega Millions now. Nobody won the Mega Millions on Tuesday. So the next drawing is tonight. Tonight, somebody could be the winner of a now jackpot that is $1.25 billion of Ian Fitzsimmons what? billionaire after tonight, which really means like a hundred millionaire because 
it's we know how taxes it's work. Half a million, I think it's half a million take home after taxes. Okay, so there you go. If, if Ian Fitzsimmons has a half a million dollars half after a million, half, half a billion, billion. yeah, that makes a lot more. Half, half a million, half a million, you're you're probably We're showing up to work a couple here. zeros there. there yeah, a half a billion uh, sounds a lot better. Half a billion dollars. Am I seeing you on Monday? Because you're scheduled to do this show with me on Monday. Right, I have a whole plan, and when it comes to to winning the lottery. And I've okay. had it for uh, years. Got, and very, this is and important. I'll give it to you in a second. But here's what's <laughs> happening with our ESPN radio crew with Mark Kestershire, our play-by-play man, Kelly Stoffer, longtime Seattle Seahawks quarterback, played at Colorado State, and our and our production crew, John Medani, Keith Parsons, Ken Benevitz. I mean, all all of us have at the end of the season last year, the Powerball got to about eight hundred million dollars, and so we all started going in at twenty bucks a piece. Well, when the Powerball recently got to $1 billion. Kesty reached out going, hey, we want to crank this back up again. Ever since then, for the last two weeks, with the Powerball and now the Mega Millions, we have been, it was Kesty, now it's me. I get Venmo because Texas is a non-disclosed state where I live in Dallas. So I, my, I don't have Venmo. My wife gets Venmoed, and I have to go and buy 85 Mega Million tickets tonight for our ESPN Radio College football crew. This, you should a, have seen the look on the face. There's a lot of trust. There's a lot of trust involved in this. Yeah, no there's a lot of people here, involved. No, yeah, a lot of trust. By the way, because people always have these conversations like, oh, if I borrowed money from so-and-so, are we threw money into a pot, and then we go get these lottery tickets, and what? how do you pay it out, or how do you do it, or do you honor it, or do you disappear into the night? There are a ton of lawsuits, a ton of lawsuits over the years about that exact thing, by the way. I mean, that is nothing oh, no, new. That I'm is something that happens. Everybody sues the heck out of you. Those lawsuits uh, date back as, as old as the lottery itself. Yeah, no. Everyone's getting their equal share. That's done. I mean, we're, we're too tight a group. Yeah, yeah that, that's I, – I, I think I can survive on $100 million, which would roughly be my cut. I'm good. Right. Right? I mean, that's just the price of my yacht, so yeah. I'm going to need a little more than that. <laughs> well, never mind. Sorry. You're hanging out with Tiger Woods and company. I get it. You're on Jerry's two-helicopter pad yacht. I get it. Jerry Jones that being uh, that Jerry. But I do have a system in place. So when we win it tonight, my ESPN Radio broadcast brothers on the college football side, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. every member of my family is going to get a certain dollar amount, and it's going to be lofty. But they're going to have to sign a legal document that once they get it, they cannot ask me for any more. That's it. That's all they're getting. And if they do ask for more, you got to pay me back every dime I gave you. That's one. Two, my LLC name is already, is already done, being in a non-disclosed state. So nobody will have any idea that I hit this lotto. Mm-hmm. No clue. Until about maybe six months, maybe a year from now. And then I will still do college football games on the sidelines. There is nothing better than the juice of a college or pro game being down there as a field analyst and reporter here at ESPN. It is my one of my favorite things in the world to do is be on that field calling a game. I will always do that. You have to have a purpose to your day, a purpose to your week. But will I be doing a show till 1 a.m. Central? <laughs> I was Eastern just going to say, Freddie and Fitzsimmons. Man, Freddie Coleman. That's when you might have a hint, right? If all of a sudden I disappear from the airwaves in about a year, <laughs> I could say contract wasn't renewed, whatever it may be. Yeah. But I can be tell you, damn sure I will not be up till 1 a.m. Eastern <laughs> doing a show with one of my best friends and Freddie Coleman. But my plan is in place, contracts for family, and look, you're not going to know I hit it. LLC name is ready to go. Roll them bones. 85. You should have seen the look on the woman's face when I walked in on Tuesday and said, may I have 85 quick picks oh, on I'm the sure. mega, please? I am like, sure. She's like, what? You want $85? No, 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 ma'am. 85 
tickets. She's like, you know, your chances of this thing are only one in 302.6 million. Right. Those are your chances when you're playing Mega Do Millions. Do we shave that not down a little odds. bit because there are 85 tickets? So we get down to like one no, in 200 not million? how it works. I, I don't understand the math because I'm terrible at math, which is why I'm a sports radio host. But the odds don't change based on the numbers, which I don't, I don't know. Somebody has, much smarter like than me has to, has to explain it to me. But basically one in 300 million. That's, that's the chance that you have of hitting on this thing or any of your tickets hitting on this thing. Uh, So a couple important follow-ups here. First of all, do you think ESPN likes this? Because you guys are all from one department here at ESPN, a very important Uh. department going in. (laughs) And if you guys all hit at one time, we quite literally no longer have crew. I mean the entire, entire crew that covers college football for us here. We're done. Like all yep. of y'all Here's are out. Difference. I think at knowing this crew as well as I do, we're all still going to call games because we love it too much, right? Well, you I might lose s- a spotter and a statistician. They, they might right. be out, right? But Kesty, yeah. Kelly, Medani, and myself, we will still be there. LSU, Florida State, week one in Orlando, Camping World Stadium. We'll be there ready to call the game if we hit this bad boy. They're going to have tonight. like Amber Wilson out there doing the color analysis for no, uh, we'll, we'll, these we're, college we're football in. games. We, are, we, we will be out there, I promise you. Now, Kelly next year, uh, he might be on the fence. We, we might lose Stopper. But other than that, the rest of us, I think, will be there. <laughs> if I hit the $1.25 billion tonight, uh, no one's going to know. I will still be doing this show on Monday. I have to protect that ticket with quite literally my life. I have to get my affairs in order. There will be other lawyers. There will be financial advisors. There will be all sorts of stuff involved. Y'all will never know until at least then you have to know here in Florida. Pete Thamel, at Pete Thamel, that's how you find him, covers college football for us here, just tweeted out, sources with the Pac-12 president meeting at the top of the hour, there's optimism about the league's grant of rights being signed. The key linchpin is Oregon. Heading into the meeting, the school is trending towards not going to the Big Ten. Oregon's expected to stay in the Pac-12, barring an 11th hour change that could have the power to keep the league together, as Arizona has not finalized its deal with the Big 12. So we've been talking all morning, Ian, about conference realignment, and the story's not over yet. This thing is going to flip so many times, and when Pete Thamel reports it, it's the gospel. Mm-hmm. And Oregon is a key, key component. You know, right now, they are the biggest dog that, that, that the Pac-12 has left. Even though Utah is a two-time defending Pac-12 champs, Kyle Whittingham is one of the most respected coaches in all of college football. And, it, and the NFL has tried to get him out of there several times, and he has stayed loyal. He's not going anywhere. But Oregon is that big draw with the Nike money and everything else. If they keep Oregon, then they might keep Washington. And then we'll see what happens. So get ready. This thing, who the hell knows when? When the dust settles, I don't know how it's going to look, Amber. But I do know this. We will eventually get used to whatever the the format looks like and whatever teams are playing wherever they may end up. Now, Pete Thamel was the one for us here that broke the news about Arizona leaving the Pac-12. He makes mention there of the fact that that hasn't been finalized, that deal. So could there be an about pace from Arizona? And I'm not sure that that's the implication here, but it's interesting when we've been talking about the Pac-12 looking like it's coming to an end all morning long, and maybe this is now the saving grace there for the Pac-12. Keep it here for more updates on all things conference realignment and all all things sports. Greeny coming your way next. This is ESPN Radio. More next.